0: Father. For that man that doesn't have a place to stay. Oh, and For that little boy living with Age. Can I tell you a story? Tell you a story. You can wait on me. There's a man. Hello listeners. Welcome to Genago Online Radio. My name is Pumzile Mondani and I am your host for today. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode 4 of Love Alone Was Not Enough. Ah, the sound of hope. Yes, that song is Lean On Me by Kirk Franklin and is featuring a couple of other artists like Mary J. Blige and R. Kelly. I thought what a way to start the show by bringing a word of hope to say that we at Ginago are here for you. We want to journey with you. We understand how taxing life can be on some of us but we just want to say you don't have to walk this journey alone. We are here for you through our conversations with you and sharing our personal experiences. We believe that we can hold each other's hand as we walk through this journey of life. I can see your tears. You can definitely lean on us. Yeah, we've got jam-packed shows just for you. And I think, you know what, we connect with everybody on different levels. But today we're really going to be talking about um, parenting. Now, obviously, if you've been tuning in from episode one, you would know that I am talking from the perspective of a divorced woman. Now, today I'll be talking about parenting, obviously from that um, uh, uh, perspective, from that point of view as well. But I think that, you know, parenting is the same. It's very linear. Whether you are um, married, whether you are widowed, divorced, whether you're never married, if you have children, I believe that we go through the same kind of struggles with our children. It can be such a struggle having to raise children. Those that are parents, you would know what I'm talking about. I mean, I remember when I had my first child, you know, um, it was through unfortunate circumstances, It was unconsensual. I was very young. I was only 15 years old when I conceived my first child um, and I was in standard eight. Well, yeah, they say it's grade 10 nowadays. Um, But yeah, I remember that day when I was on that birthing stool and the midwife pulled this child out of my, um, my belly. And she says, well, there's your baby girl and after that moment you know you yeah you doze off and then when you wake up there's this human being lying next to you you have never met them before and you're like what do I do with this creature now it can be so daunting it's been 17 years on that journey it hasn't been easy it's been trial and error but I believe that at some point we can find our niche you know we just need to learn from each other we need to learn from our experiences and I think the most important thing. Is we need to learn from them I think one of the biggest mistakes That we make as parents Is you know And I I think especially in the traditional way Where the parent assumes That they know best So they want to do their best On this child But I think we need to change that perspective Where we start actually Raising children by understanding Them, who they are Their strengths Their um, development areas their are likes they are dislikes they are they are um, their gifts their talents their passions you know it's very important for us as parents to listen to our children and not listen with the intention to respond to give direction to tell them what's best but to listen with really understanding what this child actually feels, what he thinks and you know um, what direction they want to take for their lives because at the end of the day we need to understand that we are merely stewards over these children but they are a creature created by God and God has got a purpose for their lives and God's purpose might not be aligned to our purpose for their lives. They've got their own stories to write. They've got their own stories to tell. We are merely stewards and we just need to steer them in a direction where they will be able to find their purpose and be the best selves that they can be. Now, it was very difficult for me now having to raise this 15 uh, this child at the age of 15. I thank God for my mother and my sister who were there for me. And that's why this song is so close to my heart because it's saying you can lean on me. So they were there for me to lean on them. It can be so difficult raising a child on your own without the partner there. And that is why some women even go through um postnatal depression. Yes, some of them go through it and the husband is there, but you need to understand that it is so taxing on you emotionally because this child is just so demanding from day one they are so demanding of you you were so used to living your life on your own and now suddenly there's somebody that is so dependent on you how do you now find that balance of being to them what they expect but still continuing to live your own life as well it can be very tricky Now um, just to talk about some of the things that worked for me and what didn't work for me. Now remember I'm just talking about parenting in general and because the conversation is so long I'm going to talk about this over two episodes. So even with episode five I'll continue with this conversation and on that episode I'll be talking specifically to that person that's dealing with parenting as a divorced person. But today I just want to look at parenting holistically. Now some of the things that um, were a struggle for me and I I had to find new strategies in terms of how do i go about parenting my children the best way that i could i think number one um it's the it's it's it's, it's the fact that we need to look at our children as whole human beings. Yes, that child might be two years old, three years old, or four years old, but this, this, this is a person, it's a human. And I believe maybe others might beg to differ, but I believe that before this person is your child, they are a human and they are whole because God created them before you gave birth to them. You only met them on their birth date, but God had already met them before and they were a whole in God's mind. They were a human in God's mind. So when it comes to, for example, the issue of disciplining my child, yes, the only thing I knew about disciplining a child is how I was disciplined or how those within my space were disciplined and being raised in a black community, I'm sure many of you can attest that, you know. If a child does something wrong, they get a hiding. Now, I had to look at this raising my child to say, but why is it that if somebody makes a mistake or they've done something wrong, whether intentionally or in error, we respond to that person by inflicting physical pain on them? Why is it? There's a saying um, in Zulu that says, So if this person erred by speaking badly to you or responding badly to you, why is it that then you respond by inflicting physical pain on them? If umosha ngomlomo why don't we fix it ngomlomo And yes, some of you might be saying, no, abezo labandwana. You can talk as many times as you want to, but they simply don't hear you. I believed differently. I believed that if my daughter had done something wrong, I would sit down with her and talk to her. And yes, maybe at first she just listens but she does not hear what I'm saying, but I was patient enough to wait for her to listen to me until she understood. Maybe understanding will come at a later stage, but definitely it will come at some point. Now I know that many of my family members can attest to this to say that I refused anybody to give my child a hiding. I said to them, if the child has done something wrong, talk to them because that's how life should be. If we error, we need to sit down and have a conversation. And agreed to say what you have done is wrong or what you have done has um, offended me or what you have done has gone against the instruction. So how do we now fix this? So my family would say, lo And I appreciated that they respected the, the way that I was raising my child. And I can really say that. In the long run, I see what that has done to my daughter now. Yeah, she's a very laid back person. She's a very relaxed person in her nature. And most people might actually, uh, uh, you know, mistaken her relaxed nature for laziness. You know, so she she's, she doesn't talk much. She's not outspoken. But if you, if you really are patient with her and you are able to probe her and get her to a point where she can start expressing herself. I can see that the way that she thinks, it is so vast, you know she's got a reasoning capacity that sometimes it even leaves me dumbfounded you know so i thank god that at least in that part of her life i was able to eliminate the fact that if you have done something wrong you deserve to be punished but rather if but rather what i've instilled in her is to say that whatever you do has got consequences whether it is good bad there are consequences to whatever you do in life but it doesn't mean that if you have made a mistake you are the worst person ever and you deserve to be punished because look around now we've got so many people that are walking around they are so broken we've got so much violence in our country and in our world at large and yeah i'm not saying that it's because as children those people obviously they were given hidings every now and then but could it be a contributing factor as well that we have instilled in our children to say that If somebody does wrong they deserve a beating husbands are beating up wives for making whatever errors whether it was intentional or not you know what i mean um there is just so much that is happening and you know another form of discipline that i i i I kind of um i did apply that discipline in the early days and then i realized no actually this i don't want to treat my child like this because what seed am i planting in this child so it's that form of discipline where you put the child in the naughty corner yeah in the modern uh, terms they call it a naughty corner so i remember distinctly what we used to do in my house because my daughter oh she was such a cry baby you know she would just cry for everything and what we then used to do is we would put her in the bathroom oh god i i repent from that but we would put her in the bathroom and we would switch off the light you know because she would just cry for nothing so we say all right cry for something now now you're in a dark place all by yourself you know we would do that but then at some point you know i would hear my daughters cry and it hurt me when i heard that when i heard that cry in my ears and i'm like god what am i doing to my child what am i instilling in my child what am i teaching her what seed am i planting in her and yeah Uh, soon after that it actually caught up on me because then my daughter started having nightmares my daughter started having panic attacks now having the conversation with her now as an well she's 17 now you know we can say she's like almost an adult um she said to me she she is so scared of the dark now between you and me where does that come from It comes from that form of punishment where we will put her in a room and switch off the light. Now she knew that this dark place means that there's something wrong. This is a place of isolation. So she did not want to sleep in the dark. If she's in a dark place, she gets frightened. She used to have nightmares. So I want to plead with you to say, let us re-look at how we discipline our children. There are other ways that we can discipline our children without instilling fear to our children. If you look at how many people are depressed around us. People that are depressed, some of the symptoms of people that are depressed is they they go into isolation. They stay in an enclosed area. They don't want to switch on the lights. They don't want to eat. They want to stay in a dark place because they feel like they have failed. But isn't it that when we were raising these children, we instilled that in them to say, if you are naughty, we put you in a naughty corner. So that means we isolate you from everybody else. If you are naughty, you must go and stay in your room alone. You know, if you think about most suicides, where does the suicide take take place? It takes place in the bedrooms. So people actually find that that bedroom is a place of escape. You escape to that place if you feel that you're a failure, and that's where all of these emotions are harbored, and that's where people. People are defeated in their bedroom so let's look at some of these things to so say how do we discipline our children now how do we mitigate this as well to say you know what now I'm uh, you know what I, I, I hit them, they still don't listen. I put them in the naughty corner, they still don't listen. How about we start having conversations with our children? How about we talk to them? And yes, it takes a lot of patience. You might feel like, you know what? Talking to a seven-year-old is futile because this person still does not understand what I'm saying and their behavior, uh, it, it remains the same. They just refuse to change. So what the conversation I used to have my daughter was, um, I would say to her, okay, Nana, You asked me to buy you a toy and I bought you the toy. Now I asked you to clear up your toys every time after you finished playing and you didn't do it. So it means that if you ask me to do something, I'm not going to do it. Because if I ask you to do something, you also don't do it. Do we have an understanding, you know, so you keep planting those seeds in them so that they can understand to say that we need to live in harmony with each other and we need to respect each other. You know what I mean? If these, this is mommy's room and these are mommy's things, you don't play with them. I must say it once. If you do that, that means then I can also take your favorite toy and give it to somebody else. Or I can take your food and I can give it to somebody else. Because when I tell you to do something, you also don't do it. So that that way we are teaching responsibility. You know what I mean? So let's talk to our children. Alright, so that's the point of discipline. I plead with you parents to say, let's look at other ways of disciplining our children without actually messing up who they will become at a later stage when they are adults. They They are human, they've got a brain, let's channel their brains and their minds and their thinking in a way that will benefit them when they are adults one day. And then I think also what's very important for us as parents, and now my soul cries out for this so much, is yes, we love our children. We love them so much, but do we love them the way that they want to be loved? Now, I learned this along the way to say, I love my daughter so much. I try and be the best that I can. I try and give her everything that I best can, but is it what she actually wants? Does she identify with all these efforts that I keep making? You know what I mean? Because if you don't understand how your door or how your child wants to be loved, what is it that you continue to give them? You are laboring in vain. What's important is that you need to understand your children's love language. Now, I know that we talk about this, especially when it comes to romantic relationships. If it's important when it comes to romantic relationships, it's also important when it comes to the parent-child relationship as well. Understand your your children's love language. And yes, they are different. Your first child might um, appreciate, um, you know, quality time with you and your second child maybe might appreciate something different. You just need to find that balance and you need to Give your children the love that they will be able to receive because if you continue giving them what they don't identify with, you are laboring in vain. It's important for us to love them. But remember, love alone is not enough. It cannot stand in isolation. It's what do you do to make them feel loved, to make them feel appreciated, to make them feel important, to make them feel valued as well as human beings. So we need to look at our children as whole people and not just as a child so we need to journey with them and take them with us and one of the things that i want to talk about when we when we talk about um parenting as a divorced person single-handedly raising your children is take your children with you on that emotional journey you know what i mean because when we come to a point of separation, you go through your own emotional turmoil. Your children also go through the same thing. So you don't, you must not leave them behind and assume that the divorce only affects you. It also affects them because now they are separated from one parent. And now obviously the family structure has been, um, uh, has been, has been, has been changed. So what does that mean now for them? You know what I mean? So we need to understand that our children are whole. Love your children the way that they want to be loved. Listen to your children. Make time. Spend quality time with your children. And yes, I know that we are leading very um, busy lives. And we don't always have time to sit with our children and have conversations. But let them feature into your daily life. Even if it's just 15 minutes when you get home. Spend some time with your children. And just talk to them and, and and find out from them how was your day? What happened today? Alright, so when this happened how did you feel? How did you respond? What do you think you could have done differently? Others might look at you and think that you are crazy having a, conversa- a, crazy having a conversation with a two year old but you don't understand what you are doing to that person. You are making that person feel valued, feel imported and feel like they actually have a voice. The most important thing is to make sure that you build a relationship where your children can trust you our children need to trust us but they cannot trust us if we do not talk to them we need to open up to our children we need to make them understand that we value them we value their opinion your opinion we hear their voices as well so let's listen to understand our children and not listen to them to respond because remember Love is not love unless it is demonstrated. Now, I learned this from uh, my sister, Linda Maponyane, who said this. And I've always taken it with me to say that love cannot stand on its own. It needs to be demonstrated. How do we demonstrate our love? We demonstrate our our, our, our love by having that time for our children by hearing uh, from hearing. Uh, we we, dem- we demonstrated by hearing them, listening to them, making that time for them, you know, supporting what they love, um, you know, uh, and not really discrediting what they want to achieve in life no matter how mediocre you might think it is but it is their lives to live they've got their own stories to tell they've got their own lives um that they need to live out so let us not as parents now try and impose our own dreams on our children so i hope that we can learn to say you know what it's okay if you have made those mistakes it's okay you can forgive yourself and if your relationship with your children is ruined there is still an opportunity for you to make amends go back to your children talk to your children sit down with them talk to your children and I think what will make the children to trust you and to open up is if you do the same because children learn by imitation so you need to role model what you want them to be or how you want them to respond to you I know many parents are so frustrated because they complain that their children don't talk to them they don't talk to you because you don't talk to them so we need to open up to them and I know that as a parent you can't tell your children everything but you need to Try and be bare with them, you know, in certain areas of your life so that they can also learn to trust you. So I hope that we can really, um, you know, take cognizance of these key things to say. Um, you know, talk to your children, open up to them, spend time with them. And let's look at what seeds we are planting in our children, especially in the form or the area of discipline. You know, um, whatever actions, whatever words you speak, you are planting a seed in your in your child's life and that seed is going to grow. And at the end of the day, because now we're going to end up with this person who is messed up, this person who feels like the world owes them only because cause you know of what was um, uh, um instilled in them or was afflicted upon them when they were a child so we can still make those amends so um yeah that's all i have time for today i wish i could actually say more but like i said um in the beginning um we are going to continue this conversation in episode five we continue to talk about parenting and we're sharing with each other to say how do we best go about raising our children and how do we you know how do we Get this right. You know, it might not be hundred percent, but how do we at least try to make amends, even where we have faltered? How do we try and make amends and try and you know build those relationships with our children, understanding that love in isolation it is not enough, but there is more that we need to do and we need to give into this relationship to actually make it work. So on that note, I want to say to you, um, you know, send through your comments, send through your feedback, whatever you feel, um, you know, you have. I have learnt Um, in life in terms of uh, parenting your children you know you can give us that feedback and I will share some of those comments I'll share some of um, your personal learnings um, in the next episode so that we can empower each other and help each other out on this journey so that we can obviously you know become better parents there's no perfect family there's no perfect child child or perfect uh, uh, parent but yeah you know what we are trying as best as we can so on that note I'd like to say to you thank you. You so much for tuning in i appreciate your time you are very much valued as our listener until next time that is me now signing out with michael bolton lean on me thank you very much have a lovely day further